Ephesians chapter number five, this actually starts, if you will, way back in Ephesians chapter number four, because this is a section of a section of Ephesians that talks about the walk of a Christian believer. You know, here's the thing to remember about the, the Bible. Every word in here is breathed by God. Okay, every word in here, this is canon. This is what we believe. This is the scriptures. It's how we know we're saved. Okay, you, you don't know you saved because you feel saved. How many on Monday morning did you feel saved? Okay, this morning, I didn't feel saved. Okay, I didn't feel anything. Well, no, that ain't true. Okay, I'm getting to the age now that I feel something every morning. Can I get a witness? Okay, some of you are like, hey, okay, 40 year old, just keep having birthdays. Okay, um, but, 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 but I didn't feel saved. When I wake up first thing in the morning, I just, I feel aches, I feel pains, I feel for the floor, and, and I feel my way to the bathroom like everybody else does, okay? But, but, but we know we're saved by this word, okay? This word is so important. Well, well here's the thing to remember, that the, 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 the words are absolute, are absolute scripture. Now, now, the way the chapters break down... <laughs> Do you think God said stop chapter 4 and start chapter 5? No, he didn't. Okay. That was just kind of put in after the fact. So, so when you look at Ephesians chapter number 5, this is really the section of Ephesians that talks about the walk of the Christian believer. That starts back in chapter number 4. Now, I'm sure my wife said that because that sounds like something a smart teacher would say. So in Ephesians chapter number 4 is where we pick up this part of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, telling them try to how to walk this thing out. Okay, you know, it's important to be able to use some practical examples of how to live for Christ, right? Okay, we got to be able to take the theology, the head knowledge, and become practically applying it. Okay, you can know. Have you ever met somebody that, boy, they know a lot more than they they show? (laughs) They know it, but they don't always do it. In fact, let's be honest, us as Christians, every one of us in here, we don't have a problem knowing something. Sometimes we have a problem walking it out. Can I get a witness? Now, I got to tell you, uh, Ephesians chapter number five is a little bit convicting. I think my wife might have set me up right here, okay? Because when I was studying it, it talks about our mouths, okay? It talks about the things we say, okay? And and all of a sudden, I started to think about all the things that I say, and, and I was like, ooh, ooh. Now, we both know that wasn't my wife, was it? It was the Holy Spirit. And you know what, guys? If, if your pastor was maybe convicted by, and, and I'm not, you know, don't get this picture of, uh, you know, I'm not some heathen, okay? But just those little jokes we tell, just sometimes those little jabs. We, we, uh, when I run over you guys with a bus, that's not cool, okay? It's not, when we call somebody Oscar, oh, we're about to get really convicted, girl, okay? Uh, maybe you can join me at the altar call, okay? But, uh, but Ephesians chapter number four begins this walk of the believer. And, and, and these are some of the things y'all have talked about with Miss Chantel. Talked about the believers to walk worthy of his calling. All of us are called to, to be Christ-like. We're called to walk worthy of that calling. But it takes it another level. As, as a minister, I'm called to walk worthy of that calling. That's an even higher level. If you're a teacher, if there's people that you speak into their lives, um, you're supposed to walk a little higher. You're supposed to set a little higher example, amen? So we're supposed to walk worthy of our calling. Then it talks about how we're supposed to use our gifts. Every one of us has been given spiritual gifts. We're supposed to use those things uh, for purposes to bless the kingdom of God. Also, we're supposed to walk differently than the Gentiles walk. Hey, guess what, guys? If if nobody at your workplace thinks you're a Christian, there could be a problem there. Okay? You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be different. We're supposed to stand out. If you're wondering, I I just don't fit in. You're not supposed to. 
okay? We're not supposed to. We're supposed to walk differently, okay? And then, of course, we're supposed to walk by putting off the garments of the old person. That old stuff we just got to get rid of. And, and in fact, let's pick up reading in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 25. kind of talks about some of the things we were supposed to put off. And, and I'm sure y'all talked about this last week, but it leads us right into Ephesians chapter number 5. So Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 25. Let's start reading. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So, Christians are supposed to lie, right? No, not supposed to lie. You're supposed to, your eight-point buck was really an eight-point buck, okay? That, that, uh, those, those 22 specs were really 22 specs, and they were all, how long are they supposed to be? No, no, redfish are, red, they're 19 now? I thought it was 16. Oh, asking the wrong guy. Asking the wrong guy. But here's the deal, guys. We're, um, our yay is supposed to be yay. Our nay is supposed to be nay. We're supposed to tell the truth. Amen. Uh, by the way, I've shared this before. Uh, if you've got a memory like me, you better not try to lie. Okay? Do you realize that if you try to tell lies, you've got to remember what story you told people. I'm just not that smart. Okay, so I'm going to tell the truth. Now, sometimes I'm going to tell you something you ain't going to lie. Okay, but I ain't going to make up a story because I ain't smart enough to remember the story I told the dingers because I might tell you a different story. Just tell the truth. Okay, by the way, I feel like I'm talking to my class right now, but, but, but teenagers need to hear it and we need to hear it sometimes too, right? So don't lie. Verse 26, be angry and sin not. Let the sun go down upon your wrath. Did you know that it's okay to be angry? But you can't let your anger lead to sin. See, that's where we get in trouble. You know what? Uh, One of the last things that Jesus did before he went to the cross is he went one final trip to the temple, didn't he? And that trip didn't go so well. Okay? Because the Bible says that that he said, y'all are profaning my dad's house. Y'all are making a mockery of this thing. And all of a sudden, he ushered everybody out. Is that what he did, Miss Josie? Did he just say, guys... Guys, guys, please stop. You've got to stop. No, he didn't do that. In fact, what he did, I love this part. He saw something, he sat down, and it said he fashioned a whip. What does that mean? That means that he was premeditating what he was going to do. Do you... uh, why else would he need the whip? Well, if you look in this story, this is a great story. You know, we all talk about Jesus having the, ba- the kids around him. He loved kids. But he also had, he had, he had a, man, I love Jesus. <laughs> man, look, he could get a little fashe. He could get a little upset. It was righteous indignation. But did it lead him to sin? No, it did not because that, that cat never sinned. Okay? It led him to do, to, to chasten. To correct, okay? You ever chasten or correct uh, your kid? Absolutely, okay? I do the same thing. Sometimes, now now grandparents, okay? Grandparents, you know? Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have walked in that area, okay? You know, somebody say, uh, you know, it's, it's the grandparents that need the spanking and not the kids. Ooh, okay, I don't know where that came from, okay? But that ain't you. That's other people. Back to my, thank you, Fabian. You're trying to help your pastor out. Okay, but here's the deal, guys. It's okay to be upset, but don't let it lead you to sin, okay? Guys, don't let it lead you to sin. And so many times we let it lead us to sin. We get upset, and next thing you know, we start saying things we ought not say. You notice Jesus, uh, he was straight to the point. He said, you boys are doing wrong. Now get out. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't use any of that French, 
Some of y'all grew up like that, huh? <laughs> I'm about to tell you something in French. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. So be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil, okay? It's okay to get upset about things. It's okay to get a little fired up sometimes. But don't let it lead you to sin. Don't let it keep you up at night. Don't, let, don't give place to the devil. Okay, because why? You blow off the, you blow off the top. If you, let, if you act a fool, that ruins your testimony, don't it? It really does. You know, I told a kid in my class this. Well, he actually wasn't in my class. He, he came to my class because he had got put out of another class. Okay, and his name is Jesus. Y'all know Jesus, okay? I think it's so ironic that one of the craziest students at Franklin High School, his name is written Jesus, okay? But he goes by Jesus. I said, Jesus, what you doing here? I put out of Miss Weber's class. What'd you get put out of there for? Well, I said, I don't even want to hear it. I said, he said, he smiled. I said, Jesus, you ever heard the story of the fish? No. I said, you know, the fish would never get caught, Brother Bernie, if what? He would keep his mouth shut. He went, you calling me a fish, ain't you? I said, Jesus, you're smarter than people think you are. And, and today, he came visit my class again. <clears throat> He just likes coming to the gym, okay? I said, hey, Zeus. He goes, man, look, coach, 90 minutes is a long time to keep your mouth shut. I said, dude, just sit over here in the corner. <laughs> Poor kid gets put out of class every day, okay? But, but here's the deal. Um, we got to watch what we say, okay? It's kind of humorous when I tell that story of a 15-year-old kid who, who probably comes from a terrible upbringing. But guys, it's really, it's, it's not so humorous when you or I act like that. Okay, so we got to watch what we say. Verse number 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather him, let him labor working with his hands, the thing that is good that he had, that he had given him that he needed. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but let that is good, let it edify, that it might minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Ooh, I bet you Miss Chantel camped out right there, huh? You know what, guys, there are things that we say that can grieve the Holy Spirit. That's the last thing we want to do. Friends, I don't know about you, but we need the Spirit's help. We need the Spirit to come with us, to hang out with us. We don't want to do anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, you want to think about the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember, I remember reading in, in Psalms 51. I love Psalm 51 because it's David pouring out his heart. A man after God's own heart. He failed miserably, Fabian. He was called on the carpet. But this is his prayer of repentance. One of the most powerful things he says is, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Take not your spirit from me. He understood the importance of the spirit residing in him. And, 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 and guess what? The, the Holy Spirit now is in such a more intimate way than it was in the Old Testament. Guys, we cannot grieve the Holy Spirit with what we say or with what we do. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit to check us. We need the Holy Spirit to stop us. We need the Holy Spirit sometimes to tap Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to just absolutely arrest us, <laughs> okay? I mean, to, to bulldog us and get us down and, and, and get our attention sometimes. We can't allow the things we say or the things we do to grieve the Spirit. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, verse 30, wherefore you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Whew, that's good stuff right there, huh? How are we supposed to forgive? Like God forgave us. Let this just sink in and I'll move on to chapter five where I need to be. 
Could you imagine, how would you feel if God forgave you like you forgive others? Moving on. (laughs) I'm really glad, I'm really glad God's grace and mercy endures forever. Huh? So let's, let's begin to show that to others. You want to make a difference in people's lives? You want to transform a community? Let's do that. Let's forgive like God forgives us. Let's love like God loves us. Let's go above and beyond. Chapter number five. So Paul is trying to tell the Ephesians how to do this thing. They're trying to, to practically tell them how to, to live out this Christian walk. And in verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to read them, and then we're going to go back and break them down. He says that we're supposed to walk in a certain way. And that way is to be imitators of God. He basically sums everything up in verse number 1 by saying, Be ye therefore... Whenever you see therefore, you need to look about the four. You need to see what they were talking about before, okay? So we're talking about how we're supposed to live as Christians. So he sums things up by saying, Be ye followers or imitators of God as dear children. Let's read on through verse 7. And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and hath given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, all uncleanliness or covetedness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness or foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous person who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Guys, I don't know about you, but I love the message version of the Bible. It's a paraphrased version of the Bible, and it just kind of breaks things down in, in such an easy way to understand it. So let me read what I just read out of the King James Version in the message. Chapter number five. Watch what God does, then you do it. Boy, that's pretty simple, huh? Watch what God does, then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Now you love like that. Don't allow love to turn into lust. Setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, Christians had better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving should be our dialect. You can be sure that using people or religion or things just for what you can get out of them, the usual variations on idolatry will get you nowhere and certainly nowhere near the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of God. Don't let yourselves get taken in by religious smooth talk. God gets furious with people who are full of religious sales talk but want nothing to do with him. Don't even hang around with people like that. Well, that's, that's pretty good stuff right there. That's pretty powerful stuff, huh? All right, let's unpack that just a little bit, okay? So, Paul is telling us, he's given us one of the greatest challenges that he gives in the New Testament. He says, 
He says we're supposed to follow the person of God. The believer is to walk through life following God. By becoming a follower of God, by loving as Christ loved, by being clean bodied, that's being morally pure, by being clean mouthed, by the way, us Cajuns, we always get convicted in that area, <laughs> by knowing God's solemn warning, by separating ourselves from those that are unclean. That's how we're supposed to do it. So let's first look at verse number one. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. The believer follows God first by becoming a follower of God. Note the word be. It means to become a follower of God. You have to become a follower of God. I remember I became a follower of God about 22 years ago. Okay, it happened at, a, at, at the front of a church in a place in West Monroe, Louisiana. And I was responding to an altar call and I said, Jesus, I need you. I don't remember what the preacher preached on. I just knew there was such a conviction, Sister Josie, that I had to get down to the front of this church or that church and, and become a follower of God. Now, from that moment forward, has everything been perfect? No. Okay, but from that point forward, everything's been different. Okay, Fabian, everything's been different. Okay, have I stumbled a few times? You doggone right, but I get back up. Why? Because God's there to help me back up. Okay, Christians are there to pray for me. They're there to encourage me. So uh, everything changes when you make the decision to become a follower of God. And here's the deal. It's an individual decision. You know, every one of us have loved ones that, that we wish we could make that decision for, right? Man, don't we wish we could make that decision? Don't, don't you wish we could just punch yes or no? Oh, we'll take yes, okay? Do you want your husband saved? Yes, 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 yes. Do you want your kids saved? Bing, bing, bing. You know, it's like, you know, it's kind of like voting in Louisiana, okay? Yeah, don't you hate them little buttons? You, you press the button, it's like, did it really come on? Is it working? Okay. Does it really count? You ever wonder that they fool with them machines? Okay, we don't, we live in New Orleans. They, they only fool with them there. <clears throat> so, yeah, we want to make that decision for others. Sister Janet, there have been a few times you wish you could make that decision for somebody else, right? All the time. But here's the deal. It's an individual decision because it's such an important decision. See, before a person be, be, can be a follower of God, he must commit and attach himself to God. He must surrender and devote his life to God and then begin to follow after God. You know what, guys? God just can't be added to your portfolio like you'd add a stock to your mutual fund. Okay, oh, that stock's doing really well. I, I, I want a little piece of that. It don't work like that. You just don't add a little bit of Jesus to what you got. It's not Tony Sashery seasoning, okay? He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all, okay? And you know what, guys? We need to realize that. We need to preach that, okay? The last thing I want this church doing is inoculating people with a little bit of religion because that'll damn their soul. I don't want to inoculate anybody with a little bit of religion. I don't want somebody to just, I, I just don't want to give folks a pat on the, on the, on the shoulder to say it's going to be okay. Because unless you serve in God, it ain't going to be okay. Amen? By the way, wow, it's 720. I, <clears throat> there's something about this pulpit on Wednesdays. You, it just brings, brings out a lot of talk. Okay? I ain't going to get through verse 7. That's crazy. Okay? My wife's going to give me a hard time. She's going to tease me. Okay? But that's okay. As long as you don't tell her I'm going to solve tomorrow. The word followers means imitators. Some prefer the transla translation that we are become imitators of God as dear children. Yeah, you know, I remember when my kids were, were real small, they'd follow me everywhere. 
Kay never did that with him. How about on hunting day? Boy, he's following you everywhere, huh? What is he doing? He's imitating. He's imitating his father. That's the picture of what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're supposed to imitate the father. So what does the father look like? Well, remember the son? <laughs> he came to this earth and he walked it out because we had such a foggy idea of what the father would do. Jesus said, let me clear up all, all discussions. Let me show them for 33 and a half years, he showed us how to do it. He showed us how to do it. And then this Bible has meticulously gone through every detail. When you have questions on how you should do it, go to the instructions. Now, every guy in here just went, oh boy. Because we guys don't like instructions, do we? Okay? I mean, look, we're going to put something together, Fabian. We look at the picture and we get going, okay? And Brittany, you're just scratching your head going, it's not going to come out right, okay? You ever put something together and had stuff left over? All the time. Guess what, Fabian? They don't give you extra stuff. Okay? <laughs> I, I figured that out one time. One time I actually followed the instructions perfectly and you use everything. Did you know that? Did you know that? No, every guy's at, Brother Bernie's like, you're kidding me. Okay? Yeah. If you follow instructions, there's no extra stuff in there. Miss Wanda, you know that, right? Ronnie and John have no clue. Okay? They have no clue. Okay? But here's the deal, guys. If you have a few parts left over on that entertainment center, it ain't that big of a deal. You put it up in a corner, it pretty much holds itself up. Okay? But guess what? You miss a few details in this instruction manual, your life could be a wreck. Tracy, you miss a few details here and all of a sudden you're in a ditch. All of a sudden everything's falling apart. That's why you got to know what you believe. You got to get in this word. Be imitators of God. Okay? Verse 2. In fact, we're also to walk in love. You know what? Whenever you're doubting or whenever you're wondering how should I live, just love. It's the greatest weapon we as Christians have. It is the greatest offensive weapon that we have against the devil, that we have against the, the forces of evil, that we, if you want to change, we want to change Oscar, let's love the heck out of him, okay? Let's love him. Let's in, uh, now, now, there are times I, um, I, I've tried to be really nice to him, and, and, he, and he doesn't like that either, okay? He's just a grumpy fella, okay? But, but you got to love. You got to love. When in doubt, love. When in doubt, love, as Christ has loved and hath given himself as an offering, as a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. You know, guys, we got to remember that it's a, it, it, there's folks that are easy to love, right? We all know. I'm, Sister Garland, you're so easy to love. You, look, guys, if you don't love Sister Garland, you have the problem. Okay, if you come to me and you're fussing to me about Sister Garland, all of a sudden I've made my determination that you're probably the problem. Okay, now if you have a problem with me, I understand that. Okay, I mean, I realize that. Okay, if you have a problem with my wife, I'm like, what's your problem? Okay, but but if you have a problem with me, I understand that. I can, I'm, I'm a Cajun. I say things I ought not say, I do things I ought not do. I, I realize I could rub you the wrong way, but but there are some sweet people in this place that if you have, if you have problems with Sister Sarah, Oh, come on, guy. Come on. Okay. But here's the deal, guys. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to love sacrificially. We're supposed to go the extra mile because that's what Jesus did for us. Huh? He didn't, he didn't think about his will. He did it as unto God. And here's the thing. It became a sweet fragrance to God. It was an offering. It was the son of God giving himself as an offering for us but not to us, to the Father. 
And guys, when we love those that are unlovable, when we love the Oscars, when we don't pluck our husband, when we, <laughs> gotta watch what you do when I'm watching, okay? When, when, when we love the unlovable, when we go the extra mile, although we know we're probably being taken advantage of, it's a sweet savor unto God. It's a sweet savor unto God. And that's what we're supposed to do, guys. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay? He gave himself for us. He was the great example. Man, that's what Jesus is all about. Huh? He gave himself as an offering to God, a sweet-smelling savor. Verse number three. Verse number three, as believers, when we follow God, thirdly, by, clean, by living cleanly, by being morally pure. If a believer is to follow and imitate God, he has to be morally pure. He has to keep his body clean. We're not talking about taking a shower, okay? I don't know about you, but, but um, my, my wife gets on me sometimes because I like to shower in the morning, okay? But, but, but if there's been any chance of me sweating during the day, she's like, you ain't getting in the bed without taking a shower. It drives me crazy. Okay? I, I, you know, okay. That, that, that ain't in my notes. It, it doesn't matter. But we're not talking about that. Okay? We're not talking about personal hygiene. Okay? We're talking about your heart. Okay? We're talking about your heart. We're talking about being morally pure. We have to be morally pure. We cannot let our heart become soiled, become dirty. We have to keep our body free from fornication. Okay, that's sexual sin. He has to keep our body free from uncleanliness. Man, look, guys, that's why you got to pick your friends real well. Because, man, you hang out with the wrong people, sooner or later you're going to start acting like them. Oh, but wait a second, I'm going to encourage, I'm going to change them. You know what? When I was a youth pastor and kids used to tell me, oh, I'm trying to bring my friends up, I'd call them stupid. Okay, now I respect you too much to call you that, but, but if, how many times have you seen those people, Sister Garland, we're, we're going to try to influence our friends, but the other thing happens. You get pulled down, okay? So guys, we got to watch our friends. we got to make sure we stay clean. We have to keep our body free of covetedness, okay? And, and that's just not the new bass boat, Fabian, okay? That's just making sure that our heart keeps the right priorities the right priorities, okay? Because you know what? This world is full of enticing things. If the devil can't defeat you, he'll settle for distracting you. Let me say that again. If you're taking notes, write that down. If the devil can't defeat you, he'll settle for distracting you. He'll distract you with, boy, if I could just get that promotion at work. Oh, if I could just get that corner office. If I could just get that new company truck. If I could just get this and this and this. Guess what, guys? That's covetedness. And the Bible says that's idolatry. What is idolatry? It's putting anything above God. Wow, how many times have we done that? We've all been guilty at some time or another, huh? Let, that's why we can't grieve the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit can throw a flashlight on that. He can throw a Q-beam on that thing and illuminate it for us, and all of a sudden then we get back in line. Amen? My goodness, 727, what am I going to do? Okay, so we're supposed to stay free from all those things. Verse number 4. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Again, guys, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to be our filter, okay? I'm a big jokester, okay? I'm a big jokester. I like to tease folks a little bit. And, and I want to let you know my heart is, is, is pure, okay? But you know what? If there's ever something I say that, that somebody takes the wrong way, I'm wrong. 
So I need to ask the Holy Spirit to help me in this area. Pray for your pastor in this area. But guess what, guys? We're all Cajun, so we all need prayer in this area, don't we, Sister Josie? We all need it, okay? Because we all say things sometimes that we ought not. We need to use wisdom. The Holy Spirit needs to guide us. Sometimes he needs to... You know what the Bible says? There are times, and you'll see me do this, okay? Sometimes there's just something, because I can be a little sarcastic. Sometimes I know that'll shock you. I can be a little smart aleck, okay? I, again, that's that old man. I'm trying to get him down. But there are times, Tracy, you'll see me do this. I'm being scriptural. What am I doing, Fabian? The Bible says, when a man thinketh evil... Put his hand over his mouth. Okay? So there, guys, you might see me in a board meeting one time go, and just say, thank you for being scriptural, pastor. Okay? When a man thinketh evil, put his hand over his mouth. Brother Bernie, there have been a few times you, put, you wish you put your hand over your mouth. Okay? Now, now, Sister Ellie, we ain't talking about when you put your hand over his mouth. Okay? We, <laughs> we're, we're talking about how we're, we should let the Spirit be our God and make sure we don't say anything that would, that would hurt us, that would hurt others, okay? Christ wouldn't do that, okay? Verse 5, for this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covenantous person who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. That's why it's so important that we do this stuff right. Because look, guys, as followers of God, if we don't watch what we say, the Bible says we could lose out with God. It ain't worth it. That punchline of that joke ain't worth it. Okay, watch what we say. Come on, Cajun folks. Let the Lord help you. We're not once to be engaged in filthiness. We're not once to engage in foolish talking. Never once to engage in, in inappropriate jesting. Now again, I'm not talking about jokes that everybody laughs, but, but you know what I'm talking about. It's some of that stuff at work that you have to walk away from. Okay, It's some of that stuff at school that I have to walk away from. Okay, Why? Because it's not appropriate. It's not right. And it'll hurt us, okay? Such talk is not fitting or becoming to believers. Believers are to be engaged in conversation that builds people up and offers thanks and praise to God. We need to be better at that. Verse number six. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of of disobedience and be ye not therefore partakers with them guys let's not forget we live in the last days okay in the last days there said there would be people that would try to deceive you okay in fact the bible says that the very elect could be deceived you have to use con tremendous discernment you need to use the holy spirit as your guide you need to use this book as your guide hey look guys if I ever say anything that contradicts this book, you call me on it, okay? Board members, you call me on it, okay? You call the district office. I'd rather you call me first, but you know, hey. <laughs> because look, that's the guide. But guess what, guys? I promise you, I ain't gonna say anything about you like that. Why? Because I no longer have to answer to you, but I have to answer to him. I have to walk worthy of my calling, and my calling is to rightly divide this word, Okay? So look, guys, let's make sure that we allow the Spirit to be our God. Let's realize that we're supposed to be separate from those in this world. That's the final thing. Verse number seven. 
The final thing. The believer follows after God by separating himself from the unclean. No believer is to take part in the sins discussed in these verses. In fact, he is to separate himself from all who do take part in that kind of nonsense. Okay? Remember 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. The old has passed away. Everything becomes new. Fabian, there's a reason some of them old friends don't come around anymore. And it ain't just because Brittany's been praying. Okay? It, it ain't that she just put, uh, uh, she put loser repellent around the yard. Okay? It's because you're light, they're dark. Okay? Now, am I, and I'm, am I saying that you're not going to have an opportunity to reach out to them? No, I believe you will. I believe God loves them so much that there will be an opportunity for you to reach out to them. But that opportunity probably ain't today. It's going to be a little while down the road. Why? Because you've got to grow. You've got to make sure that you wouldn't step off in an area that could cause you to, to become weak, okay? And guys, let's not forget, any one of us in here are five minutes away from disaster. We're, we're one bad decision from ruining it all. But the good news is, his grace and his mercy is sufficient. Amen? And if we'll make up our mind to walk after God. You know what Paul said? Follow me. As I follow Christ. So I'm going to ask you, follow me as I follow Christ, okay? But here's the deal. Look past me to Christ, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever look past stuff? You look past, like, like a bunch of ducks come in and, and, oh, you see that pretty green head. You look past all the trash ducks and you see the mallet, don't you? You look past stuff to see what you really want to see. What we really need to be seeing is Jesus, amen? And guess what, guys? When we see Jesus and we are imitators of Christ, people see us. And guess what, Sister Karen? They see Jesus too. Let's make sure people see Jesus in us. Amen?